Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Mike Yam of the Pac-12 Networks, and you're listening to the Signing Day Inside Pac-12 Football Podcast. Thanks for downloading the show. And just in case you're a basketball fan in the league, make sure you check out the Inside Pac-12 Basketball Podcast as well. Focus is Washington State that made so much noise. Really one of the major stories, if not the story, this past season. Of course, all the fanfare around the pregame and game day being in Pullman. A lot of excitement. Gardner Minshew, the fact that maybe a year ago at this time, we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen at that quarterback spot. Mike Leach, lightning in a bottle with a guy that really made a ton of waves around the conference. But as far as this class is concerned, Yogi, who are those players that you really have an eye out? Well, I think you got to look at the defense, and I go with Travion Brown right off the bat. I mean, he's going to be able to be that rush end position, move all over the defensive line. Love this guy out of Temecula, California. Gifted player, and he's vintage. He's vintage, speed D, over 120 tackles as a senior, all over the field. You see him moving on line of scrimmage, play at the deep safety position, etc. Huge fan of this guy. I think he's going to add a lot to this defense. Derek Langford, you're watching him right now. To me, he's one of the top corners in this entire conference. Got him out of City College in San Francisco. Aesop Winston, other players have come to Pullman out of that community college. Love this guy. I think he's going to start day one. They've got some issues there in the secondary in terms of players they've lost. Love his ability. And then Gunnar Cruz, probably the best name out of anybody <laughs> in this recruiting class. And named after Boomer and son, Gunnar. His mom wasn't down with that. She actually wanted him to be called Dylan, so that's, of course, his middle name. But this guy can deal. He's a He's a gifted passer. Clearly, that's exactly what this offense is. He worked with uh, Rudy Carpenter. Remember him from Arizona State uh, the last couple of years coming out of that same community in Phoenix. So I love this guy. I had a chance to talk to him the other day. He, he's so excited to be on campus and compete for that job now that's wide open. It, look, the reality is if your name is Gunner, you can't play anything but quarterback <laughs> on the football field. You, you look at this class, though, specifically, Nigel, and the fact that early signing period, two wide receivers they, they took. Last year it was seven guys. I think about wide receivers because of the air raid is is that, is that sort of the, the pitch for, for Mike Leach, just trying to get a ton of offensive guys and sell a scheme? Yeah, you know what? It's funny because when there are certain schools, like it's Washington State, it's Oregon State, it could be Arizona. Those aren't the easiest places to get kids to go to because, listen, there's not a natural recruiting area right around it. It's a little different. So the thing that's interesting to me is, you know, how do you draw kids away from California and Texas to go up to Pullman? Well, you hire a guy who's known as a winning coach. You have, you know, things in place in terms of, you know, great facilities. And then you've got to have an identity. And, and look, of all those, that's what Washington State has locked. They have an identity in that program. And why I think a lot of other programs have struggled. Because that's how you draw. You, you're a receiver out there. You want to catch 100 balls in a season. Washington State's a place you're automatically going to look at because you know about the air raid. You're one of those guys who's a little undersized, but your speed, you, you play like your hair's on fire. You know that the speed D is a place that might fit who you are. So by having that identity, that really helps them in the recruiting game as well. You almost feel like, by the way, the, the Gardner issue, the grad transfer thing, now because there's some success that that quarterback spot, that changes things with the transfer portal and, and getting some players now that want to play for Leach? Dramatically. I can't tell you how many quarterbacks I've talked to that are in the portal currently 
or we're debating, do I go to the draft or do I enter the portal and said, tell me about Washington State. Mm -hmm. What is that program like? And I think the biggest difference, because the identity you referenced, they're no longer just having to develop guys. They're winning recruiting battles. And you talked about the pregame being there. I was there, uh, game day being there. It changed the program. It changed the entire program because you even just look at the recruits. Nobody really committed until after that other than Gunnar Cruz and the receiver Billy Papasili. They both committed together. They were commit one and two. So the notoriety around what Garner Minshew did, the Mike Leach story, the offense, everything that you said is now taking them to new, new heights. They haven't seen these heights in recruiting since 2002 and they beat Texas in the Holiday Bowl. So I think this is a paradigm-shifting class in terms of just their reputation around the country. Yeah, tell me why I need to go there. Tell me why I need to step foot on campus. And if, if you can't tell me, if you can't differentiate yourself versus everybody else, then I might as well do what everybody else does. But if you can tell me there's something different, there's stuff going on different there, then that's what makes recruits say, all right, I need to go check that out. Look, when you, you're, I, every time we get Leach on, he always makes reference to your travels. You're not working for him on his staff, right? Like you're <laughs> not, because I know sometimes you go some places and it's odd to me that one of the interesting stories about one player, it's out of the country and a place that you've been to. You didn't give him notes, right? No, I didn't. Okay. And my parents oh. weren't happy that I went to this place. Okay. <laughs> but it was the Democratic Republic of Congo, exactly where Cosmos Kwete was born. And this young man's story is as good as you're going to find around the country. He's a defensive edge player from the Phoenix community, but he grew up in the Congo, ended up getting pushed out into Zimbabwe into a refugee camp. We had a chance to talk to him, and clearly when you see him as a player, he's a natural athlete. He was a rugby player coming out, wasn't really sure if he was going to play football. He's with his dad in their high school, and he's saying, Man, what should I do here in high school? And they bump into the football coach. They should come play football for me. And now he's with Mike Leach. He's so excited to go there. He said he looks up to Mike Leach as an idol. And this is a guy who has gone through a lot in his life. And when you talk to somebody who's come from that community or ever been in that community, you know that they don't have the freedoms that we all have. And they don't take them for granted. And after talking to him, whether it's cleats or whether it's just the opportunity to compete and play this game and then, of course, get a full athletic scholarship to Washington State, I mean, this young man, he is going to give every ounce of him. And when you look at him, I mean, he's, he's, he's beautiful. 6'3", 220. That's ex- I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what you want as a rush, edge rush player, as you know. And he's raw. Yeah. He's just an athlete. And, and I love his story. I love Mike Leach going to find him. I bet Leach would want to go to the Congo if he could. Uh, but I'm glad this young man is heading to the Pac-12. All right, so what's it going to take then for this team to get over the hump? Because they were knocking on the door. The three of us consistently throughout the course of the season, top 10 team, were like, hey, what's it going to take for Washington State to get to that college football playoff? Obviously, the Apple Cup didn't help in that result. But how do they not only beat their rival but win a Pac-12 championship? It's guys like that. Ultimately, they got to get guys in the trenches who can push people around, scare people off the edge, et cetera. And look, just like we talked about how things have got to stand out for a kid to go there, well, Washington State's looking at kids too. And in the end, you want that guy who's not going to be like, hey, you know, I didn't get my 23rd pair of shoes. When you get a guy like that on your, on your team, man, that stuff resonates. It's like, listen, man, I'm just happy to be here. What else can I do? And so those guys fit. In the end, you need guys who can push people around in the trenches if you're going to beat Washington. If you're going to beat UW, that's what you need. And that's what this class is. You know, they lose an offensive lineman, obviously, Nate Lucas, sure. but they, they cleaned up on the offensive line, in my opinion, in this year's class, whether it was Deontay Powell, who they got in the early signing period, Patrick Kuczynski. I mean, these are two guys that I think are going to be able to move the line of scrimmage and control the line of scrimmage. And this is an offense takes a lot of slack if you're playing in the sandbox and you don't understand what they do and say, oh, they don't want to run the football, but they want to be a physical team. These are guys that played on both sides of the line. These are two guys that are very physical. I think they're going to come in in this system 
and, and fit right in. I mean, they've had big offensive lines with those big splits. They make it really hard for defense to do. And when you've got guys that have played both sides, it's impressive. Lamont McDougal, another guy to me who's really impressive when you look at this young man. Just you look at his background. This is a transfer from West Virginia. I mean, he's a grad transfer, um, redshirted and sat out last year. Uh, really excited to watch him play. So overall, they got some girth on the offensive and defensive fronts. All right, I'm glad you bring that up because I think when you watch teams in the Pac-12 conference compete with some of the big boys outside of the conference, we're always talking about what happens in the trenches. Say what you want about the stars. Some people will say irrelevant. Others will say, no, it actually is impactful. This class for Washington State, they don't have a bunch of five-star dudes, right? Four-star guys. I don't even know if they, they have a guy that's even a four-star guy in this class. Is that at all a factor here? Is it meaningful for a team that is knocking on the door that wants to compete and be in that conversation for a playoff spot? Well, number of stars? Is that, is that the question you're asking? Yeah, because look, look, you look at the average number of stars for those classes, and I don't remember exactly what the right. number is, but you basically, it, the numbers have shown that you do, there is a correlation between having those guys and being a playoff team. And the reason you say that is because it's the number of guys that you get stacked on top of each other. That, listen, in the end, if you have elite talent that sticks out, you get enough of it stacked on top of each other, it'll work out. But I'm going to tell you right now, I sat in an office in Oakland, California one time when one of these services called the head coach, and he He's all starts rattling off like, uh, yeah, why don't you give this guy five stars, uh, give this guy four, and uh, give those two guys three. And I'm like, wait, what? They're not – some of these services are not watching actual guys and evaluating and moving guys around. Sometimes it's based on word of mouth and whatever. Nothing's more important than a staff sitting down together – pouring through the film themselves and saying, this guy fits what we do. It doesn't matter that he might be a good guy over at that school. What matters is, does he fit what we do and what we ask of our student-athletes? And if you can get enough of those guys to fit, they'll offset some of the guys in terms of stars and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a mix. You still need talent. You still want elite talent. But ultimately, it's do they fit? And the last thing I'll say is I go back to my history. I signed plenty of four-star guys. I signed one of the only five-star guys at Oregon State University. And it was all said and done. I had a bunch of two-star guys and guys we signed in June ended up being way better players than the guys who had all the stars after their names. So. I think it's a mix. I think the people evaluating and ranking stars now are way better than they were a couple years ago. I think they're doing the work in that. And I look at Travion Brown, we referenced. He's a four-star guy and worthy of the ranking. Gunnar Cruz, he almost, uh, you know, coaches from all across the country trying to get him to flip late. So I think that they've done a nice job of evaluating. Billy Popsili, he's a perfect example of exactly what you referenced. Coach is pouring over the film. Who is this guy? He's Kyle Sweet. He's River Craycraft. He's that slot receiver for this group. But I do think that they've elevated how they are recruiting and the players they're recruiting, but not making the mistake that was made in the early 2000s. Early 2000s, Washington State was doing what? They were getting in the homes of four-star recruits and weren't closing on them. And then we're landing with two-star guys. And we went through a dark period of football at Washington State. If you remember those next five to seven years, it was tough sledding, really, until Coach Leach got there. So now it's the combination. It's finding Billy. It's finding Gunner. It's finding Travion. It's getting Levant McDougal, excuse me, a redshirt freshman transfer who was a freshman All-American at West Virginia. So I think that's the blend that allows this place to thrive. Because you got to take advantage of when you get the hype, like we referenced they did this year with, with, uh, with their quarterback. Yeah, and, I, and I think Kyle Sweets, those kind of guys are great examples. Because I think you put Kyle Sweet in the Stanford offense or the USC offense back before they've now good, are going to go to this spread system, he's not the same guy. That same guy probably doesn't even play at USC. Wow. He ends up being a star at Washington State because he fit what they were asking those guys to do. Does the system negate for Washington State specifically? I don't know if it would carry over in some other programs because of what they do, but that air raid and the offense, do you 
Is it plug and play? Because there's some people, some critics that will say it, it is. Just look at the quarterback position. Hey, you get some wide receivers out there. You get a couple talented ones. You can really make a difference in this league and make things difficult for opposing defensive coordinators and their defenses. Well, I, I think it's a good point. You know, the system is one that's now Vogue, and everybody sure. wants to do it. And it's also attracting some defensive backs. You look at some of the guys that they brought in in this group, Shamar Moore. To me, a gifted guy in the secondary. All across the board, you look at the safety, Bryce Beekman. He's another guy who, when you watch him on tape, he's going to jump off at you. So you're saying, hey, guys, come here, and you're going to develop in the back end because we're running this air raid system, and you got a chance to be a star. We've seen Shalom Luana. We've seen players come from this system, go to the next level. So I think that overall – the system on offense is the sexiness of the program. It bleeds over to the defense. Now, all of a sudden, people are calling their defense a speed D over the last three, D three years. It's got a title to it as well. So those elements are allowing them to recruit the players like Billy Pop Cecily, sure. to recruit the big-time players, and get some DBs that would traditionally go to other schools in the Pac-12 conference because this has become a place, of course, as you reference wideouts, skill position players, but also getting guys on the defensive side. So I, I think this class is, is much different than what we've seen over the last couple of years doing this show. Yeah, I, I think the term plug-and-play, I think um – uh, disparage is probably too strong of a word. Oversimplifies but, it? Uh, Oversimplifies but I think also it doesn't take into account the great job of player development I think they do there. I think they take a, a guy who's smart, loves the game, and is a good enough athlete, but because they coach them so well, and yes, it's the system, but they develop players there. That's what we did when we were at Oregon State. We developed players, and then – and that's why it looks like plug-and-play when it's not. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike Leach, the uh, head coach of the Washington State Cougars, good enough to join us right now here on Signing Day. Coach, you know, we were talking about some of the guys that you have, obviously, on this roster, and not to mention some of the guys that you're bringing in. What, what excites you about this latest class? Uh, I think, the, you know, the same thing, really, the last couple. We've got a pretty good combination of speed. We've got a good combination of size. And, uh, just looking forward to coaching these guys. Uh, you know, we're excited about them uh, coming out of uh, high school and junior college. And then um, we think they'll be pretty good, but we're kind of excited to get the chance to coach them and find out. Coach, how about a guy that you signed today in Jimmy Price on the offensive line? I, I loved watching his tape. I think you've done an incredible job this year with your offensive line class in general. But how did you lock down Jimmy here at the end, and how are you going to replace that offensive line position, specifically your left tackle? Well, Jimmy's a big physical guy. and I mean, there he is just beating the hell out of that guy, and I'm sure that guy's a good player too. See, there he goes again. Big physical player, likes contact, likes to be physical. Tyler Jr. College. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the tough thing is, is uh, Dillard, uh, who's an extremely good offensive lineman, I think uh, was the best in uh, the Pac-12 last year. Um, uh, you know, it's going to get uh, drafted at some point. Uh, but the good news is we only lose one. We lose one offensive lineman. Uh, everybody else should be a year older. Um, or, uh, and that's if they can hang on to their job and don't get beat out by somebody behind them. And we have a lot of really good candidates to, um, <clears throat> to play tackle and fill in for Dillard. Coach, you talked about the competition right there, and I'm curious, the season that you had this year, how much did that help you in terms of recruiting and be able to close out some, some recruits in, that maybe would have gotten away from you years before? Well, the offense, you're talking about the offensive line. The offensive line is the most important position on the field, and I proudly coached it for 10 years, and there's plenty of days I wish I was coaching it still. As far as the season, I think that always helps. I think pos uh, positive publicity helps. We had a very tight locker room. 
a very tight team that was really excited to be around one another, and I think that's contagious, and I also uh, think that translates. Coach, always appreciate you stopping by with us. Congrats on the uh, extension as well. I'm looking forward to seeing your guys on the football field real soon. Oh, I appreciate it. It's uh, good to be on with you guys again. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And don't forget the basketball conversation continues on the Inside Pac-12 Basketball podcast.